We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking emerging media, e-games, blockchain, you name it, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. With three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of of sarcasm. Cue the music. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Anthony coming in with that, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what the hell that is. But, uh, you caught me off guard. I wasn't really ready. I don't know. Was yeah, that like Wind and Fire or Trace? I didn't Stones? want to. I didn't want to do, do the Stanford and Sons thing anymore. I got. I got to. I got to start every week. Every time we record, I'm going to come up with a new beat there from somebody's go. song. That you can, <laughs> all right. And we won't right. get a cease and desist for. So. Oh, man. <laughs> well, based on based on how you uh how you how you did it, they they won't recognize it anyway. <laughs> uh, sample. How are we gonna sample that? We we, we owe this dude money. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. So it's good to be here for another episode of uh, The Whiskey Hue. We have to celebrate today, uh, fellas, because we are officially old enough to drink in episode years. This is wow. episode nice. twenty, episode 21. So that's Ain't one. the uno. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Six years after I really started, but sure. Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, man. right, right, right. So no, so this is a good one. So today we're going to be catching up, seeing what's going on. So what's new, fellas? What's 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 the word? Yeah, yeah. So so you know, it's funny that as the fool says, Anthony's somewhere in the confusing middle. So you know, I had to get do a deep dive with my uh, with my mom. It's just about. It's like, I was like, mom. So help me understand. Make sure I have my background, you know, like <laughs> broken down because I'm the I'm the child. You know how there's every child plays a plays a role in the family. I'm the one who just doesn't get into the details of the family. Where's like, this going? So, Where's this going? So I, I know found, the fella. I, I found out. I found. I was like, all right, I'm half black, seventy five percent white. <laughs> like I got my grandmother. My grandmother, my dad's size, Puerto Rican and Cuban. So oh, I got well. That's I'm new. Black. That's a new mix. You keep it Mexican. I, I know. Before. Confusing I middle. Confusing uh, middle. I, I am. I am. I am. When you say when you got black and brown, I am literally. I don't know what shade or pantone <laughs> I am. Confusing middle and a riddle, man. You all over the place. <laughs> I got black. I got a solid black line, and then. You want to touch about the Spanish culture? I'm all over. And man, you, you're like a question on Jeopardy, man. What is Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He's it's, literally, it's literally, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Hey, but you're clean shaven today, man. You're clean shaven. Right, got, rid of the, uh, got rid of the uh, quarantine beard. Yo, my wife looked at my hair the other day. She's like, you know, three months into this shit, need a haircut. She's like, hey, man, you really going for that old Asian dude from the 80s Olympics, right? <laughs> you know, you know, we left India, so we wouldn't be oppressed anymore. You can get a haircut. Uh, <laughs> oh. So cold, so cold. So cold. All week, man. You're, you're out there looking like DJ Khaled when he first uh, started with the quarantine. I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> oh. look like. He looked like the bodega owner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh God! Music on my Robin. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, ladies, so ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured out, we've we started sipping on our whiskey of the uh, whiskey of the day, and it's going to be Maker's Mark Private Select. So we've already started. You can tell the conversation is flowing, and we're getting ready for a good episode. So what I want to do now is, you know, we're going to. I don't know what we're talking about. But. <laughs> of course, Anthony, I, you never I, know. I'm, you certainly, 
I th- I'm always thoroughly prepared, somewhat. You're just quick at Googling shit. Right? <laughs> if you ever hear keys typing in the background, that's me. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so today we're going to kick off a good episode. This will be a good one because we're continuing down the path of, you know, business, tech, and culture. And today we're going to be really diving in the deep of each, each, each of these three topics. Um, kind of finding that intersection of, you know, what's going on in the world today of how the, the conversation around blacks and being involved in the business world and how their, uh, uh, all the protests have really shined a light on a lot of the, uh, corporate, uh, corporate world from, um, how there's a lack of diversity in the, not only the, the, the employees, but senior level and also the boards. Uh, one of the biggest, biggest things that I read was most recently how, uh, the co-founder of Reddit, everyone knows him as the uh, husband of Serena. <laughs> <laughs> he was he he, he was a co- he was accomplished before, but uh, Alexis Ohanian, who uh, was co-founder of Reddit, he uh, he announced recently that you know he's given up his board seat, um, and he wants a you know a black person to take over his board seat. And recently, it was announced that uh, someone who had you know a great reputation. Uh, y Combinator CEO Michael Siebel has taken over it as his replacement, which is amazing because, you know, it gives a, a, a new view into the boardroom of, you know, essentially what's a all white, uh, white male typically uh, board. And, you know, we just want to touch on that. In addition to that, just highlight some of the other black and brown people um, that are, you know, making waves and, you know, think about the boards and how they make an impact on the world. So, I'll stop there, fellas, and you know, get your thoughts. Well, so it's funny. So, you, as we were talking about this, I was literally listening, literally listening to an interview on Bloomberg, um, and they were interviewing because you know, everybody's now, like I said, having a conversation and putting it on TV and have a long conversation, not like a two-minute segment, right? Yeah. And they were interviewing John Rogers Jr. And he he sits on the board of McDonald's, I think Nike, uh, a slew of other boards, and he's. He was adding, he's like, it's not just about getting someone, a, a black person on the board. It's about getting a, a vocal black person. So someone who says, hey, before you guys make this move, this is going to look like that or need to champion the diversity within the ranks of the organization. Because one of the things we also recognize, you know, we were all a part of a media organization, NAMIC, uh, you know, for, for several years. And one of the biggest things that you have to say is like, it's not about you counting the numbers uh, of how many people of color work in your company. It's about where those numbers lie, right? On which levels and ranks of the organizations. Because if you, everybody's entry level, that doesn't mean anything. And there's companies who do have a whole lot of people of color at entry level jobs or, yeah. or before or up to mid-management. But when it gets to the senior level executive roles, that's where it starts to disappear. And so you have to have active participants in that whole process. Question for you. So, Clyde, you'll t- you'll tip into this. Sometimes you'll mention on the pod, which I, I admire, right? Support black owned business. You brought up title in the past. Anthony has a cool half black, half Latin, half another something or another that we just want <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to reflect on. But we, love, always, we love him, though. Yeah, he's, he's our guy. So throughout your childhood, and this I think it's brought Jeez. me to owning my South Asian-ness because I didn't own it early in my life because there weren't people that looked like me where I grew up for the most part. So did you always own it? Were you always comfortable with it? Yeah, I always owned it, but I grew up in a in a majority black town. I okay. grew up in Flint, Michigan. Um, you know, hyper black. You know, a suburb of 
Detroit, which is, you know, super black. Um, so, you know, I really knew and understood my roots and, you know, how the impact of the black dollar was. My dad was someone who, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I didn't really understood it, but he would come up to the school and teach black history. So, you know, yeah. Okay. So I, so, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily, uh, uh, Trey's dad in uh, Boys in the Hood, but you know he he, 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 he tried he tried he tried to, he tried to do his part. That's so great. Uh, so yeah, I, I really owned it. And it kind of shapes who I am because I, I recognize that you know as I get older, you know the power of um, uh, the dollar and really shaping the way that economies are made, and also the influence and impact. That you can have not only in the marketplace but in business, politics, etc. Overall, with yeah. money, with money. So I, I, I've owned it, I've, and I and I grew up that way. Love it, love it. you too, Anthony. Uh, so here's the problem. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, to be honest, like so, be my my Spanish side. I didn't get along with that side outside of my dad. You know, I didn't really process my Spanish side until I got to high school, where I found my high school was majority African American. But there was a there was a nice uh, Spanish uh, uh, percentage in the, of the school, and people knew knew how to pronounce my last name, <laughs> which was <laughs> which is huge. Um, but I really identified with my black side more because of just involvement from a family uh, family side. Okay. Like I was more yeah. connected to my mom's African American, so I was connected that just for that line. Um, yeah. And as I got older, I started recognizing more my you know my my Spanish side. But like I've always knew that you know i knew black history that was my thing like i knew you know making sure i understood every element of it and to class point like hey listen you got to support black business businesses because that's yeah. really financial like you so we get in these discussions all the time right and yeah like i just mentioned it's about the it's about the dollar if you if you spend yep. your your dollars with black owned businesses or 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 certain uh, cultural businesses, that's where people start shifting their focus. You know, like it was, you know, I hate to say it like this, but it was like the discussion when I found out, you know, literally last week, and this is horrible, that the CEO, <laughs> CEO of Lowe's is black. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, yep, well, yep. guess that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fixing stuff. And it's yep. just that simple because you, you, you start to go, all right, someone might, might be five cents cheaper, 20 cents cheaper, whatever it is. But yeah, if, if I'm going to a different business because they they uh, they value diversity, then then it's worth spending the extra dollar. And this all ties in, right? So like when I was in, my, even up to my high school, there were like out there were five South Asians, and not even so maybe three Indian, but like some, the rest were South Asian. So from other parts of you know seven countries in South Asia. So and we all knew each other, but we all didn't. We kind of shunned or neglected our Indianness because look, there's five out of seventeen hundred people at that high school, yeah. right? Predominantly white. So like. So I remember early, not in high school as much, but early on, like elementary school. So the white people thought, hey, he's not white enough. Some of the black people thought, hey, he may not be black enough. But then later on, I got into this, got some confidence. I started singing. So I started meeting people and they under, they, that drew attention. So then it just trick, triggered everything. Education was always kind of pushed in my house. Um, yeah. Not like I learned a lot. We just had to get good grades or we get our ass beat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got a plus, move out. <laughs> Same thing I'll say for my son if he's going to come home with a Packers uniform. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love. No, but like, so that's how it is. But then, then people started to open up to me. So every color, every, you know, being included at in all. And then, and then I kind of felt embarrassed. Hey, I should have owned it earlier because, hey, we're doing some dope things in this country. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I'm proud of that. So I wear it like a badge of honor now. Well, no, you, that's, you, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'll say that's great. That's great. And, you know, that's one thing that you learn over time because, yeah. you know, it takes first, ultimately, as a kid, you're just trying to identify yourself. Yep. You're trying to say who you are, what your values are. You know, you're trying to do that. So to mix in adding pride around ethnicity, I, that's a whole nother conversation. So, you know, yep. as, as we grow up and raise our kids and once Anthony figure out which ones are his kids and he claim them, he'll be able to do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he got he got about four or five out there. He ain't. I I I do not. I but, do not. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff right now. But I won't. I can't. I can't. But I can't. No. But you know, my whole my whole thing is you set that value and you ask the question around uh, really owning and spending the black dollar. And one of the facts that you know I, I read and you know I continue to ring in my mind is around the lifespan of a dollar inside the community. I don't know if you've seen these facts before or, you know, this data, this data points before, but, you know, the lifespan of the dollar, meaning as a black person or a person of color or any kind of any kind of ethnicity, you earn a dollar. And how long does that dollar stay in your community? Um, what stood out to me was is uh, Athul, the Asian community, that dollar stays in their community for 28 days, pretty much meaning that they're spending the money among their Asian community businesses. Is continuing before it goes out to, let's say, a McDonald's or whatever the case may be, something that's white on. Uh, that's Jewish. The, that's the benchmarking for the next until the next line. Let's see. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jew, Jewish community, nineteen days, um, and you know, unfortunately, the, the African American community stays in our stays stays in our uh, stays in our community for about six hours. Oh shit! Is that real? Yeah, six what hours. Is- Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you can look it up. There's a there's a bunch of different you know platforms that you can find this data. But you know that's one thing that stood out to me because you figure out a combination of people who are one. It's not a lot of black businesses in our community. You know we're surrounded by businesses that are not owned by our community. So you know if, if there's an opportunity to spend the dollars in the community, it's rare. And when you do, you know you know you got to you got to make a big commitment. Um, I, hopefully everyone see, have seen the, uh, the killer Mike episode on Netflix where he tried to, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a prime example, right? Like grocery yeah. store clothes, et cetera. So, you know, that, that's an interesting topic. And I have and, not seen it, but you're the fifth person to bring it up in the last 24 hours. Apparently it's a couple years old or a year old or something. Yeah. About a year and a half, year and a half, maybe two years. I started giving stats to people like sell 17 K because of the generational wealth that's transferred on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like average white family has 170 K because yep. previous generation had passed them on, but there weren't owner's rights in the black community because they're in this country weren't allowed to in many cases. So 17, a uh, one tenth, 17 K roughly. Right. So I think so. Our cultures are intertwined in many facets. So like, uh, so the civil rights happened in the sixties, right? And I'm just going to get to ownership. That's where I'm going to go with this in a minute. Yeah. So when that whole thing happened, so MLK borrowed from Gandhi a little bit, some quotes like hey, the peaceful protesting Malcolm X was on the other side. In India, we had other people on the other side of the equation. It, violent attack violence with violence. Hey, that's that's an approach. And then MLK, Gandhi had similar approaches. It took the black uh, minority in America to fight that fight to allow. So then they opened it up. Civil rights happened in the '60s, and then you know in the '70s is when they opened it up to Asians and Asian immigrants, basically mm-hmm. the world, to come in. It took that fight from the Black Americans at the time to fight that fight. And then what did we do when we came in? We like we got to own shit. Yeah. And hey, they already came from an oppressed society back in South Asia. Yeah. The British Empire had been yeah. running a couple hundred years as well, and that just led up right after World War II, right? So maybe 20 years earlier, but it still was kind of shitty for a while. Yeah. And so then we came here, and so we started owning stuff. So this is what I want our podcast to do. 
So for everyone that's listening, I don't care what race, color you are, own shit. Yep. Save money, yep. keep in the com- community because we can easily, we all have been through the whole thing, driving fancy stuff before. Maybe you still are. I'm like, and then buying fancy shit. But like, we could peg that down, save it, invest. That's what my dad told me. So my dad, and I think they learned from the Jewish community a yep. lot in America. And, and that's a global thing, right? Wherever they are in the world, they're save and invest in the community. Boom, boom up. I think we should do that. Push that message for all communities in America. They could thrive. Well, I think just to connect it. All right, so there's two things for me because, you know, I, I'm working on my own healthcare thing. Got my prototype finally in work, which I want to clap myself up. Cause, there you go. Round of applause, okay. ladies and oh, gentlemen. Right. Round of applause. It took, it took two years over this conversation. Just, <laughs> but, with the, but, you know, the other side of it is that's, I think, the other side of entrepreneurship that people have to – a couple of things, right? You got to get comfortable when it comes down to opening your own business. You got to get comfortable with risk. And risk yeah. is what's is what, you know, we are we are. There's a lot of people you're tr- kind of trained from a from a school side of it to not accept but so much risk. Right. You want to live a comfortable life and, you know, opening your own business is just nothing but risk. No matter yeah. how, no matter how much research you do, how, how well you plan, there's a lot of risk because you can't control everything. But with that being said. There's the other side of it that it takes time. Like, that's the, that's where I think people are, you know, you don't, when they, when they talk about the billionaires and these guys or Zuckerberg, Bezos, they like to highlight these guys. How much work went in to building this business? It wasn't yeah. something that happened overnight. You know, it did, some people did have a little skyrocket here and there, but it did take some time. It was a lot of planning, a lot of research, a lot of failed ideas to get you to a certain point. And well, I think. Well, there's a the part of the conversation, it, it'll go back to the systemic racism, right? So, you know, part of that gave them the ability to have that uh, soft landing to fail and to take those risks. You know, a lot of people in the black and brown community, you know, uh, through a mention, pretty much coming over and they're fleeing and, you know, they had to come here and make it. So they didn't have a backup plan. But, you know, they they a lot of the things I admire from, you know, the Asian community is that. You know, they come here and they band together. They work together. You know, they got one shop. Everybody's going to work in the shop. They're going to make that a success. They're going to, they're going to reinvest, they're going to reinvest that money. You know, everybody's going to get that discount. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Meaning, meaning like they're going to reinvest in that next yeah, business. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like a collective. And, you know, to, like you said, mentioned from the, uh, the Jewish community on the black, on the black community side, it's like, you know, while, you know, we'd love to do that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of barriers to get into that yeah. space. Where, you know, whether it's redlining, whether it's, you know, racism, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the judicial system is a lot of, a lot of barriers. But, you know, there, for those of us who've had the ability to, to do it and go out there and execute, they've been successful. And there are a lot of success stories, but, you know, there's a lot more unsuccessful stories because they had other commitments. They, you know, they went out and got a job. I think the, the point you made around taking that risk, uh, it lends me back to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Where, yeah. you know, you had the story of the person who, you know, rather just be safe. You know, you tell your kids, go to college, get an education, then go get a job versus yeah. taking that risk where you can have the ability to create, you know, the multiplier effect of creating your own business. But there's risk associated with it of not having that soft landing. So I think there's a, a I think there's a, uh, it's just a rough story. I just, I would just say this failing 
I said, failing fucking sucks, right? <laughs> so <laughs> just get, you but just everybody gotta, does it, right? Everybody but just it. Got, but that's a catch. I don't know if everybody does. And the only reason I'm comfortable with failing is shit. You know, if if I put the wins and loss column together, it's just a, I, I got, I don't know. I got like a Patrick Ewing list. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. No. <laughs> no, you got but, knocked on and everything by yeah. Scottie Pippen. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, but you know, in life, it's not you about. You could have said starchy, man. Like, you could have. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. All right, good point. I could have went up. But you know, you know, for me, the only reason I got comfortable with failing is, is because I played. For me, I played yeah. sports. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I joined the sport like I when I re- I wrestled and I wrestled against guys who have five, six more years experience before I got into it, and they were kicking my ass. Yeah. Okay. And but you, it's not that you get comfortable with losing. You get you start to learn a lot about yourself, about resiliency, yeah. what you need in 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 starting your own business. You need to learn how to. Get, get back up and try to figure out a different path or how to improve on certain things. So, so I think, I think, I think sports for me, I, I tell people all the time, everybody, you know, like yeah. people, I'm like, sports is huge and helping no, out huge, with your, man. with your, with your confidence and resiliency. I would, so I want our listeners do this. If you're close with some, a couple cousins in your family, start there, right? Yep. Put $500 together, a thousand dollars together, right? And think, how can we grow this together? If, if you if you trust it better, put a contract together. Whatever it is, man. Hey, a year from now we're gonna pull this from this, or we're gonna do this with this money. I'll tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna float back to my cash. I'm proud of this story, which I used to shun before. I said, look, most South Asians that came here had a hundred dollars in a suitcase, and that hundred dollars didn't come from their parents because their parents were poor too. We hear uh, Jay Z. We're all fans of his. He talks about Marcy Projects, man. I've seen where my dad's from. It's Marcy Project like a penthouse to that shit, right? <laughs> Where they live now, it's much better. It's much better now, right? But now, now everything's great. But um, when they first came, and that hundred dollars had to come from like fifteen families in the community because they uh, to get yeah. him a hundred bucks to get over here because they had no money. Yeah, and they dealt with racism. They dealt with all kind of go back, sand, n word, all that kind of shit. We, I heard that. I had rocks on me. I threw them back a couple times. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> all that stuff happened. What they did is, uh, and, and this is, and I think, uh, Anthony, you grew up near. Edison? Oh, Did Edison? You grow up uh, I, I was about to bring Edison up. So I'm going to bring the talking earlier. Edison. So I'm not Jersey. proud of this place. I'm not proud of Edison. I'm, <laughs> it's New Indian for me. But, but, okay. <laughs> but I'm going to say one thing, right? So what they did there, so that's just a case study. And this happened in a couple communities around America. So what they did is, hey, they tried to go to get bank loans for businesses. They wouldn't give them because of color. And so mm. we don't want to see you thrive. What they did is then they started their own investment bank, per se. They legally charted it. They started, or sometimes they didn't, and they just lent money to each other. Hey, you want to buy a grocery store, but you need 10K? Well, let's get it from eight families that live in this community. Mm. That's what needs to happen. And look, man, and I'm not saying that we're a cohesive unit, because hey, then we get into other shit in our own community. It's bullshit, right? But I'm just saying they came together like that. And I want to see that happen in every community. And I wish it would continue in the South Asian community because it doesn't. Sometimes there's segments, segmentation in that community as well. Go ahead. Well, you got, you got to play the part. So that what ca- happens here in this country is the assimilation, right? You assimilate, you know, other other immigrant groups will assimilate. And then you start to forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's generations in, and we're not I'm not going to get into it on this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> like there's once you once you after that first generation here, whether it's the first generation who, who came to the U.S. or it's the first generation born here. Yeah. After that, once you start crossing, you get a line that starts crossing into college and getting that degree and they start working in certain jobs, you start to lose it a little. See, and the catch where yeah, when you get into discussion, especially in this world that we, you know, we're in now when you, when you were, when some people are maybe comfortable having that discussion about uh, racism with African American, especially African American community, we didn't have that. 
right? There was no, there was no, we got the first generation here to kind of, to kind of like band together. It was constantly, constantly tearing the community apart, whether, whether through, through terrorist groups like the KKK or mm. through Jim Crow laws and then trying to escape the South and move North to, you know, to the Midwest or Northeast and still, you know, they, you know, the race, the Jim Crow laws might have been up in the Northeast, but there was other forms of racism that weren't on the books. So that's, I think that's something that has to be paid attention to. So now we're in a world of kind of forcing the world to recognize this racism. And now internally yeah. in the community, how do we band together to kind of, or how do we get people to push, have more funds to push people together, excuse me, to kind of start their own businesses. Yeah. So no, people, I, are people are power and black and brown people in power that can build a wealthy bank of sorts and actually start floating loans to each other. It's happening. Right. Uh, and, and, and on a larger clip, it was happening in Tulsa, the whole massacre. Right. That was a, that was what that was built on. Right. And Russell, Russell Westbrook's building, making a movie on it. But it's going to happen in a lot more communities, though. Yeah. Greenwood. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Greenwood. It's, a, it's an amazing story and one that, you know, I. I recommend everyone reading up on because it was eye opening to me um, <clears throat> where, you know, you pretty much had these black people, exactly what you said, Athul. they came together, they built their own communities. And it was at a time where, you know, essentially they didn't have the option of going into other communities and purchasing stuff. So, you know, the shoemaker, the bank, I mean, I mean, the shoemaker, the barber, you know, the, the, the seamstress, you know, et cetera, they created their own businesses and, it thrived and it, it became, you know, an oasis. So, you know, that's one thing that, you know, it, 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 it was a tragedy the way, it, you know, it, it was burned down to the ground because of, you know, pretty much hating. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's something that, you know, as we think about the new world that we're living in today, uh, having an ability of, you know, black people coming together where they can have some influence, not only influence, but just having the respect of their dollar, Right. Blacks account for 15, roughly around 15% of the population. I think it's like 13.5 or something like that yeah. uh, of the population. And, you know, when you think about the roles, the position of the companies who are profiting off there, off these consumers who essentially, if you look at the stats, there's 40% of all the, like the, the, the dollars that are spent are from black people. So we're around 13 to 15% of the population and we're spent and we're responsible for roughly around 40% of the you know the dollars that are spent in certain categories it's not across the board that, that way but you know certain certain key categories but you know we're but the representation at the corporate board how we started off is zero to none um at the senior leadership or executive level, level zero to none i mean one amazing fact is that there's only four african americans as ceos in fortune 500 companies um, if you think about how, you know, we, we, we are driving the, the, the companies, you know, there should be a lot more. I mean, mm. uh, not only on just merit, but just, you know, your, who your consumers are. Um, so, you know, those are some things that, you know, are coming, coming to light. And we think about boards and, um, you know, how we started the conversation, you know, talking about how the Reddit, CEO of Reddit has, has, uh, not CEO, but the, uh, one of the co-founders of Reddit, oh, you know, man founders uh dedicated his board seat and say you know i want to get a, a black person on the board that's you know dope, they, yeah you know that's dope and you know it's the first one on the board first uh, black person on the board? yeah first black person on the board but you know what i wanted to do was is think about and explain to the listeners of how much of an impact this will make to the business overall 
as mm-hmm. we continue to scream out and say, you know, let's get more black executives in our, in the in the seats. How do you get more, you know, dedicated space in the in the stores? For example, I don't know if you guys heard about the fifteen percent uh, challenge, yeah. um, where you know there's a charge to to try to get you know fifteen percent of the space in specific retail stores for black owned companies because you know of population. So all of that comes into play because if you have someone on the board, they can help influence, like you mentioned, a vocal leader in the yeah. board um, who can say, you know what? No, you know, that CEO you're thinking about, let's, 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 you know, diversify the pool a little bit. Let's add a, you know, Asian yeah. woman or black male or black female or, you know, Hispanic uh, man or woman exec- uh, who is equally as qualified, if not better, uh, into the conversation. And what happens is these people reach out to their networks. Typically these boards yeah. are all white male. They reach out to their network, which are all white male, and then they hire the CEO. The CEO reaches out to his network, which is all white male, and it trickles down to the business. And that's why you end up with companies with all white male uh, in powerful positions. But if you diversify the board who says, yep. you know, let's bring in some diversity, then that trickle down effect happens. So that's why it's so much so important to start getting more, you know, people of color on the board seats. And I think episode one or two, we talked about venture boards or venture groups are that, right? That's what the problem was as far as, hey, they're going to just hang out with their, they're going to look at the companies that their buddies are pitching to them, right? Their network. Yep. And then that's it. But so that now it's expanding. Now we're getting more of us that seats at the table and we're launching our own funds and, and there's, there's plenty of effort around that. So it's going to take some time to trickle up, yeah. but hey, strengthen numbers, baby. That, you know, let's move forward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you. Let me tell you the difference between a really, really rich black and brown person and like someone like me. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so here we go. Anthony, Anthony and I were trying to go back and forth with this race Olympics. We were trying to do like, hey, who should we trade? I was trying to get Colin Kaepernick. He wanted one of my brown guys. I'm like, damn. All right. <laughs> so, Chumit, Chumit, right? Pali, happy. Yeah. Ah, Chumat, yeah. So, okay, man. What? Uh, even okay. I'm screwing up his name, right? But he's okay. been a, on so many different podcast shows, and they never mispronounce his name, right? They always get it right. He has six syllables in there. I can't even get them to pro- – I have two syllables in my goddamn name. <laughs> Nobody can pronounce it right, right? But how many – that's when you know when you're like, we're $22 billion, and you can send don't your fuck, team in and say, hey, that's how you say his name. name. Don't mess his name up. <laughs> don't, don't mess his name up. But he's he's got he's a strong man to come in. Like, exactly. And you brought up – and <laughs> Anthony, you brought up a question a while back. So how – I would love to see Chumeth go against some old 85-year-old seasoned investor, right? So I've been in boardrooms with these, like I've been in rooms with some of these cats at a higher clip than my pay grade, right? But I've been invited in some of these meetings. There's a dissonance of sense that's an underlying kind of uh, re- re- sentiment that's of negativity. Hey, the old school guys who built it through legacy businesses that took 10, 20, 30 years, like energy and all that gas, whatever, versus these new cats that are building billions in tech, which is a very quick you get the very quick valuations. You clip up and you become like from yeah, – John, it's a perfect example. He, he was living on food stamps in Canada yep. or some shit like that, right? And now look at him. <laughs> His gen- <laughs> four generations to come are taken care of. Yep. Right? But like there's that clip like, hey, we're going to get people like us in the boardroom. We may have made our money differently. So there's also that side of the equation. I've seen it. I can see that kind of resentment. Like, man, he made his money in three weeks, three years compared to my 20 through three, 25 years, right? Yeah. So – there's that, right? And there's also that, right? So the old and new guard, but hey, it is what it is. Part of the gig. 
And we, we have powerful people from all our communities, right? So Michael Jordan owns a team. Michael Jordan. Dope. First. Whatever. Greatest. No, he wasn't the first. Actually, he bought it from Rob Johnson, right? Didn't he buy yep. a part? Yep. Yeah. Shahid so- Khan, he went to my undergrad. He owns the Jackson Jaguars. He came here. Same, similar story to my dad. It just worked out wetter, a little better for him. <laughs> <laughs> so he owns, he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, dad. And, no, my dad is dope. My dad is dope. Um, and then now he owns a couple of global football teams in Europe, right? So, and he made his money off of bumpers. That's how he wow. made his money. Flex and gate, you know, made a bumper that sold to Clyde's hood in Detroit yep. and to all the automakers. Hey, we have bumpers that are in three parts. I'm going to make it in one part and sell it to him. That's how he made his money. Worth wow. six billion, seven billion. That's it. But but right. that's a, that's a, that's the other side. You know, just before we get, I don't want to. I'm going to take this off, off course here. But that's the catch. Like so, when, as people look into entrepreneurship and doing some businesses, I think don't get caught up in trying to be some the next Facebook. Right? There's tons of other businesses that you can make. You know, t- out. Millions of dollars, tens of millions, a couple hundred thousand, whatever. That there are small pieces. Like you, we were texting. Was it yesterday, or was it the day before when Apple announced that they were going to use their own chips? Yeah, yeah. Talking about Intel, it is those small things that we don't talk. Like the general population might not get in those discussions about, right? People talk Apple, and that's it, right? But they don't talk about yes. the components to go into that to the iPhone to yeah. the MacBook whatever you talking about Apple at the all time high that Apple yeah baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> I was like I got Intel shit <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like two two more shares away from moving down the street from Clyde man what's up <laughs> shit <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, right. I, regardless of, I think you know if, if the, you know everything doesn't have to be the next Facebook. Yeah, speak well, about Facebook. Oh, can, may I say one thing about the Facebook yeah. real quick, right? So Facebook, so Zuckerberg is worth whatever. It's a lot. <laughs> but Facebook is worth like 12, 50, 20 X what that is. The reason he got to that status is because great idea early on. They pivoted quite a bit. They had a lot of people come on as investors who had great relationships and knew how to scale the company in different directions, right? It wasn't all him. I mean, they've bought a bunch of black and brown owned businesses. WhatsApp, it's a, it's a South Asian founder, right? They bought a bunch of stuff that's from other, other companies, but he has a lot of people in that. Like we talked about the music industry last time. There's a lot of people in that. And the bigger you are, there's a lot of people in your pocket, right? So he's worth one fiftieth of that company's entire valuation. One twentieth, maybe I don't know, but that's because there's a lot of people that helped him along the way. Yeah. So this has been a, this has been a great. I mean, great topic. I mean, we could spend probably three or four episodes on this. And you know, one thing I recommend people do is just really think about and the companies that you're spending your dollars with. Look at the boards. Look beyond just like who the companies are and how they're putting their black boxes up on Instagram and just, you know, are they living what they're talking? Um, you know, I think that's a big thing that, you know, us as, you know, people in the community of diverse cultures have come together and say, you know, let's spend our dollars where it matters and how it can impact and um, make a difference on the communities that we live in. And um, one of the things I want to do before we uh, hop is get into um, my favorite part of the show is, which is, uh, Shit you should know. Oh shit. Oh shit. I got I got I got one. I got all two right, things. All right, two things. Uh-huh. I just wanna hot I wanna shout out to uh Byron Allen. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Who, who who I think settled who settled today. Oh, I didn't Comcast. see that. Oh wow. Yeah, he settled. He settled with Comcast on the distribution deal for I think it's comedy TV, recipe TV, Justice Central TV. 
Yeah, man. He he and and who knows what's what's behind the uh, I want to see those numbers. I want to see the numbers, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, who knows? Listen, he's not uh, I you know, for just knowing the distribution world and what ESPN possibly gets, he's probably getting like a cent for every okay. sub, something like that. Like I don't, you know, it, it's in today's world, like you're not going to get, you know, unbelievable numbers. Uh, but that's a settlement. And based off of all the rigmarole and, and, and around that case, um, this is huge. Who knows if you know the the protests had a big part in playing with that? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> He's like Byron's like, hey man, can we do that call this week? <laughs> um, right. But, his but, original his original ask was twenty billion dollars. He was still yeah. For. So yeah, I'm. Well, you know, when you, when you go into a lawsuit, you just you just you just throw shit on the wall. No, but you usually ask for ten x what you want. Right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm I pretty mean, sure that distribution is probably like a 10-year deal, which is kind of unheard of, but I don't know. I have no insight. I just saw it online before we got on, what we got here. Oh, um, nice. The other the other thing is inter- the interesting move of corporations or big companies getting into uh sports. Right? Bain Capital is making a bid to kind of go yeah. uh take a take a take a piece of Series A and and uh, the the top Italian league. Mm. It's just, yeah. There's like $3.4 billion. Oh, um, shit. Okay. Yeah. Like that's like, these are these interesting how cor- companies, the large corporations are coming into or, or, or investment firms or whatever are jumping into sports. Just like, nice. as opposed to like having an owner who, you know, the guy who founded the company decided to buy a sports team as opposed to the actual company coming in to buy it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's All right, man. You're cool. up, Clyde. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> nice. Oh, I didn't have anything. Yeah, you you ready? Look at you. It's the beard. And it's because you shave your beard. Now you look like <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> you looking like uh, Anthony Anderson again? There you go. Uh oh. Uh oh. He's a little better shaped than Anthony Anderson, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love Anthony Anderson. He's hilarious. Though. It's hilarious. All right, all right. So I got two. I got two as well. Um, just in, in light of, you know, everything's going on, uh, I was on a chat with some friends and one of the guys uh, kind of blew my mind. And he was he's pretty much said, you know, for every um, for every Martin Luther King, there's an A.G. Gatson. And, mm. you know, I, I didn't know who A.G. Gatson was. So, you know, I did some research. Shoot. I thought I was supposed to know, man. Damn. Uh, Woo. Uh, <laughs> nah, People got scared. It was open. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so in a nutshell, in a nutshell. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm uh, cutting off a good story. Nah, in a nutshell, H.E. Gasson was pretty much one of the guys who pretty much funded the uh, civil rights movement. He was a mm. an amazing, amazing businessman who was from Alabama. Pretty much worked his way up from pulled himself up from his bootstrap. Started off as a coal miner in Alabama. Um, Started off lending money to you know his coworkers, built, uh, selling lunches, created an insurance company um, for the people who were working the coal mine that you know had a short life expectancy. Eventually evolved that into a funeral home, so he showed the life insurance and he buried the bodies. So you know vertical integration is so much. <laughs> sorry, sorry to say it, but when you throwing the word, the phrase out, vertical integration, it's just way to go, like, really, dude. Six feet deep. He was ahead of like you did a middle school case study right there. Yeah, <laughs> like six feet deep up to the clouds. Damn. Damn. Oh, man. No, but but he, he's a Ooh, great uh, he's a great story. Uh I recommend everyone uh look at look up his book, look look him up. The name of his book is called Black Titan. Uh AG Gasson, the making of a black American millionaire. When he died at the ripe old age of I think it was hundred and three, 
he uh, he has a hundred and thirty million dollar empire uh, oh. from the time he uh, when he was he was around. Then the next one is um, uh, a book around uh, Reginald F. Lewis called Why Should White yeah. Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun. Uh, Reginald Lewis was you know he created the first billion dollar uh, empire from a black a black person first black person owned a billion dollar billion dollar company. Um, so, you know, those are two recommendations that I have for, you know, situation. I should have been better prepared. That's Those are great. Both of those, uh, you guys said, um, I'm going to go. Uh, so Pooja Kohli, good friend of mine. So she, I had no idea she was behind this show on Netflix called Delhi crimes about a big crime that happened there a couple of years back. And the, the crime's not so nice to, it happens. I mean, it's, it was horrible, but the story around it, I saw her name, producer credit and like executive producer. It was dope because I met her when we first started out here together in the mid 2000s, uh, early like 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, and back, you know, and I'm flipping on that. So Mindy Kaling has a show and you know, it's on Netflix. It's a uh, celebrating like, Hey, a, a girl who, you know, in high school trying to lose her virginity because <laughs> her dad just passed. So she wants to live it up, I guess, but she's celebrating other facets. We're getting other roles on TV besides being the t- doctor. And a cab driver. So, <laughs> and a spelling bee champ. So, I remember 2005, <laughs> 2005, I was in a room, and you guys know this story, like, hey, we trying to position myself as the next usher, <laughs> but they were trying to like, and they're like, hey, this guy sounds kind of blackish, looks brownish, <laughs> but, we, but we don't know what Indian is. We, you know, he looks, he looks Latin, but he's not. We don't know how to market it. A couple of years later was the first big star. So, hey, now people are down with brown, and it's great to see. It's beautiful to see it on screen. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's, it's platforms. I think it's. I think the fact that now we have more platforms and people and they need content. People need content. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hey, can, you know, I'm going to put out a request, man. So if anyone wants to, and I put this out before. Look, as we talked about, like a lot of people from our different communities have access to capital because we've made it within ourselves. Maybe not from the bank. If anyone wants some free advisory help, black owned yeah. business, I'm going to put it to that community first. Hit me All up. Right. Give me up on Instagram. Yeah. I'll give advice and I'll connect you with someone who's better suited if I'm not the guy. Go to whiskey. Go to Instagram at whiskey hue or go and you can find all three of us. Follow yeah. us. Yeah. Follow us. Yeah. Please. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, got, Google's got some knowledge. Clyde got some, some knowledge. Yeah, I do some okay stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> He's like, F that. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get these guys to have a whole three part segment on e gaming and clap. Oh, that'd be dope. Okay. Hey, it's the thing, man. <laughs> I missed thing. it, man. I missed it. Six years yeah. ago, I was called in to invest, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I, there's a lot of opportunities still there. All right. So, now, fellas, this has been a good one. So, what I want to do is wrap it up with our. Whiskey of the episode, Maker's Mark, Bourbon, Private Barrel Select. Um, you know, I've been sipping on it. As you can tell, this episode has been a good one. I think it's been because of the Maker's Mark. Uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I like to get into the complexity of it because, you know, you know, my pinky's up, my pinky's up when I'm sipping. So for me, it was, it was a little spice and oak. Those were the two, two flavors that, uh, that came in my flavor profile. So, you know, that's, that, those you, are you call it spicy no I just I just I just get a little kick as soon as I as soon as I, I taste it. It, it's I blunt it's blunt to the face <laughs> take yeah. it to the face <laughs> it's good though man you know, people gotta realize and clearly they can tell we've been drinking but people gotta realize that once we're we're allowed to get close to like and do a recording together again I don't oh, know what's gonna happen it's, all, it's hands down it's, and that, your shit's gonna be on fire man ping pong table pool table gone <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, pull us out. <laughs> so, so yeah, this has been another good episode of the Whiskey Hill. Make sure you follow us on, on all platforms, social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, and you can find us on all platforms for listening. Um, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Um, so this has been the Whiskey Hill. Check us out. Peace. <laughs>